Water tanks are vital community assets that help define cities, towns, and rural landscapes. Those responsible for their maintenance and upkeep must make important decisions on what types of coating systems will provide the best long-term protection. New research conducted by Dave and Cameron Walker goes past industry opinions and examines actual projects and product data to determine which coating systems provide the longest service life and lowest life cycle cost. In this two-part podcast of Cody's Decoded, we'll discuss Dave and Cameron's research and why they felt it was necessary. Hello and welcome to Cody's Decoded. I am Mark Thomas and today I am joined by Cameron and Dave Walker. They are both Cody's consultants. Welcome Dave and Cameron. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So both of you have put a lot of work into a paper called Separating Fact from Fiction, AWWA D-102 Coding Service Life. Tell me a little bit about the paper and what was the reason behind it? Yeah, so to start off with, we as Tanemic reps deal with coatings and designing systems around steel uh, water tanks a lot. And when it comes to selecting coating systems, it's not an easy task. A lot goes into selecting the different coating systems and what different properties you want to take into consideration. And when you look around the industry and you ask just the two of us, we might have different opinions on what system might be the best for a specific owner. And so we wanted to look at what information is out there in the industry on helping answer that question and form an opinion on what might be best. And when we looked at it, pretty much all there is is opinion out there and there wasn't much data. So we went into looking at collecting data and having supporting resources to form opinions. And as Cameron describes, it, it, it was always a case of we've all as individuals have our opinions that we've developed through our experiences, through what we've been exposed to and, and maybe specific projects and every other individual out there but those are all limited by what those experiences are that help you form that opinion. And it's amazing how there can be such a variation in the values attached to those opinions. And that's like, as Cameron describes, we wanted to set out and try and attach values to that and rather than rely upon not only our own opinions, but other people's opinions. So I, I think one challenge for engineers and owners who are trying to specify and select coatings is there are a lot of different coating products on the market. You can put those into a lot of different types of systems and it, it gets complicated fast. But with your paper, you really did focus in on the AWWA D102 systems. And for someone who's not very familiar with that, maybe heard of them before, can you give us a, a brief synopsis of what those, what that standard is, that D102 standard is? Yeah, sure. So AWW D102 standard kind of helps owners and users as just a general guide on what you need to take into consideration when designing coding systems to protect those water tanks. And it goes into detail on uh, outlining different coding systems for the interior. There's six different uh, systems and on the exterior there's seven and they vary in different technologies and thicknesses and what types of coatings they use. But it doesn't give any guidance to that user on which one to particularly pick or which one might be better or worse in certain situations. And to that point, there's really no verbiage or guidance or very little to help the decision maker that's looking at that document 
to try and decide how you compare them. How, how are these comparable at all? And, and they, were, they may be listed there, but there's really no guidelines as Cameron describes. In recent years, one thing that the industry has started to look at on as a decision-making tool is looking at life cycle costing. And that takes into account the overall cost of the work that's going to be completed. And you take into consideration then how long that coding system is going to last. And then you can get the overall cost for that life cycle of that asset. So that's one question that, that we get a lot. Anyone in the codings industry is once the uh, there's been a recommendation of a coding system, uh, how long do you expect this to last is, is sort of that magical question. And it's very difficult to answer because there's so many variables involved typically. Um, and that's where some of the opinion and maybe some of the bias comes into it of just uh, that individual's experience and, and what they've seen work and not work, especially in the environment that it might be going into. And it seems like that was one of the things that you really tried to delve into was we've got opinions, we've got experiences. Um, there's a lot of that out there, both from an individual standpoint, but then also some, some documents that are relied upon in the industry uh, don't necessarily have a lot of data behind them. They tend to be more opinion-based. Is that not correct? Uh, very true. So when we talk about individuals' opinions, and then yes, as you described, there are industry uh, reports that the industry often turns to in the absence of data, but they are technically just nothing more than a survey of opinions. There's really no data to it. Um, and it's amalgamation uh, of a survey from a multitude of people, either in the codings industry or users or end users, asking their opinion on how long various systems last. So that's something that you do reference in your paper because those are often used in the industry. Um, some of those, those opinion-based uh, system recommendations. And, but then you went beyond that. And tell us a little bit about how you try to get away from this bias of opinion and get into a little bit more data and fact. Yeah, so we, we looked at a number of different resources that are available and that we had collected over the last year and a half of writing this paper. And we start with the different opinion papers that are published out in the industry, because those have been the go-to for the last couple of decades in the industry. And when I talk to experts in the field, that's primarily what they used as a resource to talk meaningful numbers in terms of life cycle to owners and decision makers for what coding systems to use and the different benefits. And so we started at looking at how those papers have updated and changed through time and how opinions have changed as technologies have improved and uh, newer technologies have come out into the marketplace. And it was interesting when we look, dove down into that data and the paper summarizes a lot of, a lot of that as Cameron describes, to see how opinions changed on the technology hadn't changed, but as time passed on technology that was relatively new and not in service to actually have actual data on how long systems will last, how opinions would adapt and change. And after looking at those opinion papers and where the industry kind of stands on their basis, we then looked at hard data uh, numbers and resources 
on what we can collect. And the two primary categories are through case histories and performance or lab testing. And so we had gone and collected a number of case histories. I think we looked at over 180 tanks throughout North America, classifying them on which coding systems and technologies were used, and then determining that life cycle for those different coding systems. And then filling in the blanks for the newer technologies and where we don't have those case histories yet uh, in the market uh, through performance testing and accelerated testing. And those tanks that we collected as far as uh, for database is very unique in that um, many people can go out and get one or two case histories to help say how a technology will survive or last. But to have a blanket of multiple manufacturers of multiple technologies over a greater geographical area and to have enough case histories to try and say, yes, on average, we can see trends and we can see values and we can see what reality is as far as actual service life. That is fairly unique in the industry. I think that was one of the important things of of identifying when it was installed, when it was taken out. You have those years that then can estimate the total life cycle and not get so caught up on the price per gallon when you're first purchasing and applying the product. And not too many other research papers have really focused in on that and then combine that with some performance data. And Cameron, you were talking a little bit about that being the second piece of the data collection. Tell us a little bit about the types of tests you looked at for both inside and outside systems and what kind of information was generated. Yeah, so before we go into that, I'm gonna just quickly take a step back and give the merits of the case histories and what we can use that for. And so case histories allow us to get real life performance that take all those different variables that go into how long a coding system can last and what can be involved in a water tank. And taking that basis of real life performance on the technologies that have been on the market for a long time, we can then look at different performance markers through lab testing and accelerated testing to get comparative data to compare to those older technologies. So looking at some of the solvonated epoxies and the polyurethane finishes that have been used throughout the market for decades now, we can compare the real life performance with the lab testing and get comparison markers and then uh, compare that to the newer technologies as well to get a true uh, idea of how long those coding systems can last. Performance testing and lab testing, some of the different properties that we look at, especially for the interior, as they primarily differ on overall thickness, if they use an epoxy technology or polyurethane, as well as the use of zinc-rich primers. And so we can look at the benefit of reducing corrosion formation with increased thickness, the different performance markers of epoxy and polyurethanes, as well as the true beneficial properties of using that zinc-rich primer in terms of initial performance as well as long-term performance near end of life. Well, that's one of the, the value, valuable parts of utilizing uh, performance data is that you can take an apples and apples comparison of laboratory accelerated testing and start making some educated decisions on performance attributes of the system and how long something might last in a corrosive environment. And what you've done is you've correlated that with the known life of that system, in particular case histories. 
And I think that's, it's incredibly valuable in showcasing, okay, especially with new technologies. And Dave, you had mentioned it before, how some of those opinion pieces have changed over time because maybe with new technologies, new coding systems, they were, they were making estimates of what they thought it would last. But as when they came back to survey again years later, they actually had case history and, and real experience to base those opinions on. So things changed a little bit. And to be able to take a new technology, which they're always coming out uh, with new products, to be able to take that performance data and make some much better educated decisions on how long things are going to last and what you should end up selecting, because you've got a basis in real world case histories um, to lean back on. Well, and that, that's key because as regulatory elements change in our industry or technology, new technology is introduced, how do we as an industry or individuals as or corporations, how do we make decisions on suitability of new technologies compared to what we know before that may not be available anymore, or maybe it's changed, or preference in the marketplace has evolved on that. The only way that we can assess that, either from a you know, design point of view or suitability in the marketplace, is through comparative testing. We can't you know, put it on the inside of a water tower or the outside of a water tower and deem it suitable for long-term performance after only a couple of years. Um, we have to do that accelerated testing, that comparative testing, the ASTM type of test methods so that we can compare it to the previous ones that we know how long they'd last, how did they perform, and how does the new technology perform? And that's the key of those newer technologies that could be lasting 20, 30 years. We can't wait that long for that data. We need to have a method to be able to make smart, intelligent decisions today. David Cameron, there's a tremendous amount of detail in the report. Uh, we, we can't possibly uh, dig into all of it during a podcast, although we did really try to get into the reason behind the paper and just uh, some of the, the big chunks of research that you did. What else can be said about this and where else can we go with the conversation? Yeah, so in, in part two of this podcast, we're going to get into a little bit of detail on lifecycle costing and how the paper can be used as a resource and tool to decision makers in the coding in industry. And we can talk about the lessons that we really got into that came out of, that surprised us once we got into the data, once we got down into it, that challenged our own preconceptions of, of opinions and how those evolved through the data that we uh, dug through and found and researched. Excellent. We'll look forward to the second session. Join us for the second part of this podcast when we continue the conversation with Dave and Cameron and dive into their data and how it relates to service life. To schedule a presentation of this research, visit tanemic.com forward slash water tank service life.